Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am so excited to have Hillis Pugh on. You're going to love what he has to share. The first, just a few announcements. First, I have a new free 20 minute meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides on my website. So if that sounds interesting to you, if you haven't already done that journey, then go to mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com and grab that meditative journey. Um, second, my new galactic retreat that I am hosting here on the big island of Hawaii is September 14th to the 17th. And there are two choices. One is for people that want the whole Lux um, retreat experience, that want the accommodations, the lodging, all of that. I also have a choice for people that live local on the island that want to go back and forth from their homes. So check that out. That's also on the website. And then if you're coming to Hawaii just on vacation, coming to the Big Island, come see me on one of my Big Island UFO tours, the Night Sky Watch, where we use advanced Gen 3 military night vision goggles to look at the night sky, and I train you how to identify spacecraft. And we see them every single time. Not kidding. Every single time. Okay, we're going to bring Hillis on. Hello, Hillis. Hello. I'm like... I have to see what my schedule is for September because I just want to come just to experience all of that. I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. What? We're going to do a lot of fun things. And so, um, I know. It's like, you're going to be like my new best friend now. <laughs> yes. Well, let me tell people about you because you are pretty extraordinary. So, um, Hillis Pugh is an author, teacher, speaker, and holistic practitioner utilizing the gifts and tools to empower others on their journey. The reason why he chooses to do this work is to guide others on their path to let them know they are not alone. Hillis mentors each soul on their path to lift them up so they can see what he sees beyond the physical realm. Hillis is an energy facilitator working with the modalities such as psychic mediumship, Reiki, and Lemurian Light Energy to co-create a deeper connection to the soul. So welcome, Hillis. And, you know, I'm so excited to talk to you. We first um, came together in the Quantum Miracles Mastery docuseries with Melissa yeah. B. Yeah. And that was a few years ago. And this is our first time actually getting face-to-face -face conversation. Oh, how cool is this, you know? Just to I, share this amazing space, you know? Yeah. So I would love for you to give us some backstory so that we understand your transition into the work that you do. So my first question, always curiosity question is, how did you grow up? Was it like a spiritual or a religious household or something else? Really dysfunctional, highly functional? <laughs> you know, I, I, I always tell people I have a very interesting background because you know, it it caused a, a great space of confusion because I was went to Catholic school during the week, and on Sundays I would go to a Baptist church. Okay, you talk about <laughs> different like polarization. You talk about the, you couldn't be more different, right? But what it taught me was that in this space of different of differences, is that there is this in-between space, this space of growth, this space of questioning, this space of really understanding what is at the center of all of these beliefs that we have. And through the years of me going to Catholic school from kindergarten all the way up to me graduating high school. Wow. And then, I know, <laughs> I'm the, I, I was always the quiet kid you had to watch out for. <laughs> and uh and then you know as growing up you know going to baptist church going to apostolic church going to catholic churches and having this evolution of my belief of what god is or who god is it really helped me to transition into really moving into where i am now and into this wide acceptance of of the spectrum of energy, the spectrum of humanity as we uh, move forward in, in our collective consciousness. Okay. So now, I mean, one of your gifts is being a psychic medium. 
Yes. And so were you, as a child, were you fully open and your parents understood that or did that come later in life? Well, you know, I, I find this fascinating because throughout periods of my early childhood and especially into my mid to late teens, I've always had premonitions, but growing up in a black household, this wasn't something that was really discussed that often because there was a strong belief in Christianity. Not saying that I didn't have the flexibility because, you know, growing up being raised by three women, you know, I had this uh, flexibility of really believing what I wanted to believe in and, and having this, this enormous room for growth and not really, uh, having that discipline, like, well, you know, this is what we believe, and just following that, but then also carving out my own path in that. But when I had these premonitions, you know, it's something I kind of kept to myself because I was like, well, I can't tell them this, you know, because yeah. the, the, one of the premonitions that I had that I told my aunt for the very first time uh, was in my late teens, early 20s, and I had a premonition of my, of my grandmother dying. Mm -hmm. And it was... It was really profound for me because it was the first thing that I ever told anyone about my abilities because I want everyone to know that we all have these abilities. It's just how we choose to accept them. And then upon me expressing this to her, it was like, how do I now fall into really accepting this of myself? And then, you know, of course, I think it was maybe about five years or six years later after I had the premonition, it came true. I'm like, and I stunned myself because it was exactly how I saw it because it was a deja vu moment. And I'm like, what's happening right now? What's happening right now? So I totally freaked out because I didn't have anyone around me to really express this to in the way that it was unfolding for me at the time. Okay. So what, I mean, I guess that puts you into sort of early 20s then when that happened yeah. with grandma? Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. It was, so no, that was more like, late 20s actually because okay, yeah my my you know when when we do this spiritual work time it means nothing yeah. we all see it and it all plays out differently <laughs> right well so okay and so at that point in your 20s like did you go to college what kind of career were you doing like were you did you jump right into this energy work or no no yeah. honestly so i was set to go to a little arts college on a partial scholarship and, you know, being, you know, the family that, you know, in my family, it's like, do I really want to go to school on a partial scholarship? Do I want to just live my life? What do I want to do? And so I just ended up working at the time, you know, for Kinko's. And so I was like, <laughs> you know, working in a copy shop. And then I kind of took that and just was doing that for a while. And so there wasn't really honing of my abilities until my mid-30s, so about from the age of like, actually late 20s, so like around 28 till about 32, 33 is when I really started to hone them on my own. And then when I turned to 35, 36, I ended up moving to New York and then started studying at a holistic institute where I began to hone my psychic mediumship, and that's where I found out I was clairaudient. And okay. Yeah, so which is my strongest of, of the five clairs. And so it was, it was a journey to really get to that space. And so with people who I meet now who are younger than I, I applaud them because there's this level and field of openness and acceptance of, oh, you're psychic? Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, you do energy work? Oh, okay. So it's like this, this openness and ready. So it's like, did I help prime the way for this? Did people before me prime the way for this so that way it's more accepted? And so it, it's just in that space of really, one, owning who you are and just growing from that space. Okay. So how did your family feel? about you moving into that. <laughs> <laughs> my, so, Baptist background. <laughs> I know. So my, my aunt was my best friend at the time. So I was like, she was like my closest confidant. And so, and she also had more of a strong religious belief system. So when I told her, she accepted it. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll take it with a grain of salt. And so, you know, it wasn't until years later where, you know, 
I told my mom repeatedly about who I am, what I do about my psychic mediumship with me uh, utilizing the path of plant medicine and et cetera. And so one year for my birthday, my mom sent me, when I was living in New York at the time, my mom sent me an oversized book on the history of New York. And it was a, a, a code that attached it. And I hope this helps with your gift. And I'm like, I called my mom. I'm like, mom, thank you for the gift, but it doesn't work this way. It's <laughs> <laughs> no. funny. Okay. So, well, let's talk about, so then as the Claire audience piece comes in then, mm -hmm. so, so is psychic mediumship one of the things you do for your clients? Like they come to you and they, they want you to connect them with their past loved ones or what do you Yeah, think? it's something that, and, and it's interesting because as I've been doing this for about 10 years now, and it's the dynamic of this has definitely shifted in the universal uh, consciousness, you know, where, you know, me being a psychic medium was forefront of what I do. Aside from, you know, my teachings about gratitude and the law of attraction, this became more precedent. But as I moved forward, that it began to take a back seat to the energy work that I do, because as I talked to more and more clients, as I connected with some more with my peers, that this began to be more secondary because everyone else was learning how to tap into their own intuitive abilities on their own which was like yes it's happening yes and so uh from there people just started to begin to see me for energy work which is actually i love that more uh now because the psychic mediumship because there's a certain uh level of satisfaction in seeing you know transformation on with people as i work with them Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So then, was Reiki the next thing that you added to your tool belt, or it was, it was, it, it was. So it was real interesting. So, you know, when I was maybe twenty-two, I had a reading with somebody, and and and, uh, and I believe, if my memory serves me correct, it might have been just some total random stranger. You know, because you know how spirit moves, you know, spirit just yeah. works. And it's like, okay, this is going to happen. And so at that age, someone told me, it's like, you're going to be a healer. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to be a healer. Well, I mean, if you mean heal as in a writer, yes, because I write poetry. Poetry is my first love. You know, mm -hmm. I heal hearts with my poetry. I, I inspire people. You know, I make, you know, have thought-provoking poetry, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah poured all the way. <laughs> and so here I am, you know, 20 plus years later, me, you know, being a Lemoyne light worker. So was after I got done with my psychic medium, after I really honed that, after I got that, then it's like, well, what's next? So I went and post and uh, went to go get my level one Reiki, Yusui okay. Reiki. And I did that, was amazing. I felt the energy and felt the connection. And about maybe six months has passed, and I was really in the flow of really feeling it. And I was like, there's something else. And mm -hmm. I was reading about my about level two, what it entailed, and I read about level three, which is a mastery. And I'm like, is there a way for me to jump from one to three? Because I feel like this is where I need to go. There's some way I got to leap over this. And yeah. so, oddly enough, there was a, a peer of mine who had, a Facebook post about the Lemurian light energy. Okay. And I'm like, this is what I want. This is for me. And so it took me about eight months to go through the process of the attunement for the Lemurian light work. So I went from Reiki level one, mm -hmm. bypassed and skipped level two and level three Reiki because that wasn't meant for me. Yeah. And so I decided to go the path of the Lemuria light energy, which is connected to Syrian energy as well. So it's the Syrian, yeah, the Syrian Lemurian energy. So that connection and it really resonated with me and how it evolved into me being of greater service to a lot of people that I work with now. Okay. So can you um, describe to us a little bit of the differences between Reiki and this Lemurian light energy in terms of from your understanding of how it's working to help yeah. people 
And so you know with Reiki, there's different forms, different levels, and how people practice it. There's a lot of ways in doing that. And from my understanding by working with my peers and then doing level one myself, there are similarities with Reiki and with the Lemoya light is that we use symbols, but what I feel in Reiki is a little bit different when you have your Reiki symbols, which are closer to runes. Okay. And you have the Lemoya light energy that I do, which mm -hmm. is connected to the energy of Sirius A, B, and C. Okay. And so I'm connected to that energy and bring forward uh, symbols. And actually, I don't know if I can show you, but these are some of the symbols uh -oh, that I work with here. And these are mostly light language symbols. So they are spoken in the tongue of light language. And for those who don't know what light language is, light language is a vibrational frequency that is spoken to uh, awaken or help in the remembering and create a, a divine connection to the representation of that light symbol, that energy symbol to bring the energy forth. And so when I, and so to me, uh, the Lemuria light energy is on the level of a grandmaster, not just a master of Reiki, but a grandmaster. So with Reiki, you have to go through different steps to get there. But with the Lemuria and Lemurian energy, you, ju you just get there. So there's, it's more accelerated in how it's produced. And with me personally, you know, I was in the beginning, you know, how people showed me how to utilize the energy of Reiki and how we call forth energy, you know, and having the energy of self mm -hmm. and utilizing the energy and then other spaces and earth energy. But with the Lemurian energy, I can use almost anything, anything from EMF radiation to, uh, to you name it, and I can utilize and bring that energy in and convert it and transform it for whatever I need. Okay. Yeah, at that point. So, so it has a broader range in use in terms of, in terms of what Reiki can do. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so I um, language... I know there are a lot of questions there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and I'm, I'm very familiar with light language myself. Um, mm. I Of course, you're in Hawaii. You're on I, a big island. I, yes, well, and one of my best friends here, she's the first exposure that I ever had to it. She speaks it. And when I felt like when she she spoke it, I could feel it through my body mm -hmm. in a way that I haven't ever had any like language, you know, earth language feel in my body. And and so then I had my own kind of opening a year and a half ago or so where mm -hmm. I, I'm not as vocal, but I do it through my hands. Yes. So it's the sign language through my hands. And I am working on that vocal piece of it. But, you know, it, it's energy, whether yeah. it's sound or, or that. It's interesting because how I do it is, you know, I, I love it when people sing it because I know people who can sing and it sounds so beautiful, so angelic. Yeah. But for me personally, I'm not that vocal with it because I, I often call myself the human translator or transmitter because my I have my show Cosmic Insight where my co-host, she can sing, uh, she does sound healing and sometimes she sings light language. And it just happened so randomly that we were live one night and she did the sound. And I'm like, wait, I can understand this. Mm. Like I can interpret it and translate it into English words. And I'm like, and ever since then, I've been able to interpret what it means. And in addition to that, I'm more so connect to the Akashic records, connect to the library because there's tons of symbols there. Yeah. And so when just the other day I was asking, you know, I was in this space of, you know, the only thing that really defies all the laws in the universe are the elements, you know, uh, you know, the earth elements, because they, they have no, they're, they're not defined, they're not uh, held captive by any other law that exists. I'm like, it has to, and so I went through my book of symbols, and I'm looking at these old archaic alchemic symbols, I'm like, these symbols don't resonate anymore, we have to have something new. 
and so forth. And if and I ask this question, you know, what are these new symbols? What is the what is the what do the five elements look like now? And so I receive this image of what the new alchemic symbol of the elements are. And I'm like, yes. And so sometimes that happens when I ask a question and I receive the information. Mm -hmm. And so that is part of what the this ability has gifted to me is being able to interpret and create more uh, symbols to utilize to be of service to other people in, in numerous ways. Okay. So um, one of the questions I do have for you is what is your understanding about the connection of the Syrians with the land of Lemuria? Because <laughs> I know that like here we we know of the connection with the Pleiadians very strongly. Yes, yes. Uh, and so I would love to know about that connection with the Syrians. So as I was shown and as I was taught that the Lemurians are Syrian. Okay. And Lemurians were the first uh, inhabitants before Atlantis, before anything else. They were the, the first civilization. And Lemuria was just more than the land of Hawaii. Okay. It was connected to the chains of the Philippines, connected to this. Connected. So it was like Lemuria yes. was this was this massive landmass, not just these tiny little islands. It was this this community uh, of space. And so, when you think of the energy of Sirius, it was almost like. Well, not almost like it is, or it still is, this space of experimentation, this space of education. And so as they have, as part of the, and I'm getting this as I, just you know, I'm receiving this as I am, because this is brand new, what I'm about to express to you, or at least brand new to me. Okay. And so this, there was uh, an experiment process of the center of the galaxy, which is Sirius A, B, and C. And so people volunteered, you know, to come to Earth because they discovered this planet and wanted to see if it was inhabitable. And so they discovered that it was. And so they asked for volunteers to come to this planet to uh, create a civilization here. And they say, if we go, we can't be known as Syrians. We have to be known as the as the sister planet, the child planet, which is Lemurians. And in their language, mm -hmm. this means child. Okay. This is okay. <laughs> well, again, new to you, new, new to I'm hearing yeah. this. <laughs> because I have I have a greater understanding of the of the of the language now. Right. And so the child that is Earth also the, we also call it a school, but it's mm -hmm. also a school, it's also a child of Sirius. And since the since the first, they have always been in touch in different ways, especially the strongest connection to the Dogon tribe in Africa, which I am familiar with, which had the strongest connection to uh, Sirius C, the smallest of the three. And so it is in this uh, space that lies here within us, in our uh, DNA, in our strands, in our energy. So this is part of the space that, it, that is the remembrance that is occurring right now, not just within me, but within all of us to remember, say, we are not, we are the children of the universe and not just of Sirius, but they started the process. And so if we go back into the alien or galactic lineage, mm -hmm. you know, each piece is an existence of the other. So each, you know, we, in this human form, the human spectrum, we represent a piece of each galactic race. Yeah, that's what I teach. <laughs> that's what I share. Um, and so uh, along these lines, I um, 
several months ago, I had a regression done for me. Normally I, I do regression for people, but I got to fully experience my life as a Syrian coming to earth to, I was one of the genetic engineers upgrading the human body to hold more energy. And it was an experiment. And there were others of us that were on the ground teaching the people, but I, yeah, I liked being on my ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was definitely, I, I definitely feel as, as I speak to you, you know, and this is what I love about connecting with other brothers and sisters of that time is that as I connect, there's more information that comes in. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely more on the ground. I was more so, it wasn't, it was, I was like a, a scientist slash teacher, but mm -hmm. I was like, wanted to be like in it, you know, just like, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and artists, it's like, I was, I was, I guess what you would call a Renaissance man. I did a little bit of everything. Well, and yeah. And, and what I, so what I got to see in this was that there were your your part of our group that were down there teaching the science, the astronomy, the medicine, the agriculture, all of that. We were up on the ship blasting the sound energy down to modify the DNA, but we had a different experiment going on in a different solar system where we were doing the same sound upgrading of the body, but mm. there's no one there teaching them to see. Mm alone how are they going what, what are they going to do is it better to teach them directly or not but what i can say is um in this being able to see this the ones that we left alone and didn't teach they had a much more like harmonious community loving environment ongoing for much longer than we did here on earth um, yeah because we tried to impose our thinking on yeah. them instead of just allowing it to be, which is why is everything is so hands off now. Yes. And so, which is why there's a, there's an abundance. And I don't know if you felt this in recent uh, years, the abundance of 40 Hertz energy coming into the planet, which is the yeah. frequency that we've all used. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're like my new best friend now, Lisa. Oh, I love it. So the other, okay, so you have this Syrian connection. Are there other galactic groups that you know for sure that you have lived lives, you like really fully connect? Well, I know one for sure. Well, I, and, and to be frank with you, to be completely honest, we've all lived in each galactic uh, family. You know, yes. Arcturian, Palladian, Lyran, you name it, we lived it. Yeah. But the one who I, that I resonate the most with, aside from the Syrians, because that's the first and foremost, is the Arcturian family. And they were right. known for the being the healers. Yeah, that's me. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were the they were the most peaceful and passive mm -hmm. of the galactic families because of their ability to nurture and to grow and to heal. And so this is why you know, the mix of Syrian and Arterian energies come through with me because when I do light language, mm -hmm. some people, especially my teachers, say, oh yeah, that looks like Syrian. Oh, that looks like the Arterian. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It, it is. <laughs> well, and what I what I have come to understand, because I, I am an Arturian, <laughs> so, like that's mm -hmm. who I most connect with. That's who I channel. Mm -hmm. The other ones are coming through this year. They've mm -hmm. already told me, okay, we're showing up. And, um, but the, the Arcturians, so yes, the healing. So in my life as Arcturian, I'm a healer, but I, not to heal because I don't need the healing. They send the energy down here to mm -hmm. us to mm -hmm. help heal. And so I get that channeled energy from me from in that Arcturian life to then heal myself, but then just spread that energy. Out and I use my Lemurian crystal to help harness that. <laughs> and but then the so the Arturian energy is more of that emotional healing, yeah. which I like all the things that I chose to come into this human life to experience. I 
lived through it, a lot of emotional trauma that I have healed. So I've, I've walked through it. And then the Syrian is more of that physical from my understanding. So what is your experience with those pieces? You know, it's interesting because with me, because what I've been guided and called to do is to, I, I guess it's kind of like my own way of doing it uh, in the sense of where there is physical proponents, you know, there's the, you know, what you call emotional. And the reason why that word emotional kind of, and I guess I'm gonna say it, you know, kind of triggers me a little bit, especially now in recent in recent months, is because emotions are the memories of our experiences. Hmm. And so when we have the memories of these experiences, we it, it, it kind of keeps us keeps us in this holding pattern of fear or you know regret or a lower frequency as opposed to the energy of feeling. And so what I have come to understand is that with the Syrian and Arcturian energies, these, these two mostly, is that it's a fusion of the two because we have to allow for that feeling experience to arise within us and then to clear that out, to allow that to be free, to transmute that. Yes. And then allow for the physical aspect, whatever it could be, whether for speaking, writing, whatever, to anchor in the new feeling energies to guide us on our path and purpose. And so I feel the two are very effective. Oh, yeah. Get, especially in the human form, you know. Yes, I completely agree. So I'm all about, yeah, that Arcturian series. <laughs> so we're very on the on the same wavelength here. So how do you work with clients with this energy? Because, I mean, I'm assuming you can work remotely since energy. Yeah. yeah. I so can work from anywhere on the planet. <laughs> and so and what's interesting is, you know, I'm one of two teachers actually on the planet right now, my teacher and myself, that are able and have been attuned to teach us uh, Syrian Lemurian energy. Okay. And so with that being said, you know, I do, and he's a little bit more aggressive than I, mm -hmm. uh, he's okay. like, he's like really, you know, in there as opposed to me, uh, my style is more like a meditative journey. Mm -hmm. And that allows for the uh, sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems to come into harmony to relax and then allow for the energies to arise because when we're relaxed, we can allow ourselves to focus on what we need to focus on and allow for that space of trauma or shame or guilt or any other lower vibrating frequency to come up for us to fully feel what needs to be felt. So that way I can do uh, energetic surgery in that space, you know, with the light language that I speak, with the tools at my disposal, whether it's crystals or any other uh, Lemurian tools at my disposal, which I have to share with you later. <laughs> you know, but it's all virtual, it's all in person, and what I've come to find out that it's all the same no matter, no matter the environment. Okay, so what kind of um, things do people come to you if they're your clients? It's interesting. And so when I first started doing this, it was more so about people wanting to clear shame and guilt from their lives and, and little bits of trauma. But as I moved into this and as I got more versed in this and more comfortable with this, I found that presently 80% of my clients are women who have okay. been sexually abused. Yeah. And okay. so, yeah, it's, and it's a, yeah, big shift. And and even and even in that, I find yeah, I find that a lot of my clients are you know who have experienced sexual abuse, and so whether it's men and women, but you know there are men in the mix too, and it's interesting to to feel this dynamic because that's the heaviest energy that that's being shifted on the planet right now. Because not only does it hold physical trauma, also holds energetic trauma also holds a lot of shame and guilt around this because of how we act and how we feel with same and other sexes, you know, in that space. So it just is a very dense energy. And so it gives me great pleasure to do this that I do to see and witness the transformation of the people that I work with. 
Okay. And how many sessions, if you can say, like, is there an average amount of sessions that it takes to help people clear that or is one and done? Or oh, no, it's never one and done. At one point it will be, but at this point, no. And, and how I work is a minimum of three sessions. The reason why is because of I work with the inner child first to help establish that relationship of communication and clear out what needs to be cleared out because at that space we are in our self-development we are understanding the world we live in we are mimicking the actions of others we are developing our own sense of self okay. in our inner child and then as we move to our adolescence it's the space of self-identity we're, we're becoming to understand who we developed into and so this is also a time where we can either lose our identity or, or gain our identity. And this is also a sensitive time in our life. And then as we move into the adult phase, this is where we carry all the residual energy from the past to into this one. So all the patterns, the beliefs, everything that we created is being held in this space. And so I work to clear out each space to allow for the new thoughts, the new ideas, the new beliefs to take hold. And then uh, uh from those basic core foundational services i also offer you know specialty services such as soul rest uh, uh soul retrieval and light body activation and those help to really bring in and embody the fullness of your energy presence on the planet okay so a couple questions that yes. just up. number one in terms of the inner child adolescence adult like do does someone coming to you need to be an adult that's had a lot of baggage throughout their lives or do you work i mean like you know there are teenagers that are that have yeah. sexual trauma as well and they're not quite adults so can you still work with them yes yeah, it's, it's it's interesting that you said that because i have worked with a teenager who has experienced a lot of trauma. And right now I have a client in the early 20s who has experienced a lot. And so it doesn't matter what we experience. Trauma is trauma, pain is pain, shame is shame, guilt is guilt. It affects us all the same. It's just a matter in which we choose to uh, move through it and to truly understand it. And so at me doing this for as long as I have, I all the patterns are the same no matter what. Is this how we choose to deal with them that makes them different? Okay. So it's someone coming to you in their younger life, then um, I I could see how that would help them like have an easier kind of adulthood. Oh yeah. Get out of <laughs> so they're not creating horrible patterns throughout their entire lives. Yeah, it breaks the pattern, it breaks the cycle of something that they've created for themselves and what i help people to see you know is to take responsibility you know for their actions you know take responsibility for the things that say they have seen and not only just take responsibility but also to understand you know for example uh, i didn't expect to to share this but uh you know i have one of my clients who has been sexually abused and I just want to take you on a, I'll be as quick as I can on this two minute journey. Okay. And so we are in one of the final stages of, of the energy work. Mm -hmm. And I, and we're ending the session. And I said to him, you know, I'm going to take you on this journey. Just imagine this. Now, I want everyone to imagine this, whoever's watching this now in the infinite now, is to just imagine that before we choose to incarnate on this planet, we are all sitting at this round table, assigning assignments to everyone to trigger each of us to remember who we are, to remember what our purpose is. Say, like, mom, you're responsible for that. You're gonna be my mother and you're gonna be responsible for this. You're gonna be my best friend, you're gonna be responsible for this. You're gonna be my brother, you're gonna be responsible for this and so on. And so, as you know, as we choose to incarnate in whatever order we choose to incarnate in, we all have our amnesia, we all forget. Yeah. However, as we move through life, we are moved, we are motivated to do what drives us to do what we do. 
And just imagine, we're still at this round table, and it's like the person is re the person responsible for the abuse, the person responsible for the pain. It's like I have to do what? It's like I have I I have to do what to help you remember? That's insane. I can't I I can't do that. I can't allow myself to bring myself to hurt you that way. So just imagine the pain that that soul is in in that moment when you give them or when they choose to accept this assignment. Mm -hmm. And then when we're on the planet, they have no recollection right. of taking on this responsibility. And so when they do this act, this horrific act, we all blame them because of societal norms, because of what society has taught us, that it's evil, it's wrong, we shouldn't do it. But then when we transition back into energy, we thank them. Mm -hmm. And so this is what I, I teach my clients. Like, you have to truly understand the process of what it is to be human and what it is to be a soul and the responsibilities we have for both. Yeah. And when we reconcile on the other side, there's nothing but love. Mm -hmm. There's nothing but appreciation for that person awakening you, helping you to remember your purpose and your path here. Because every trauma, every trigger leads to our purpose, our path, and, and that fulfillment. Um, yeah, that was so beautifully spoken and shared. And, you know, I, I'm highly clairsentient and I just have full. <laughs> like chills all over my body yeah. you were that because yeah because yes absolutely um yeah and i like myself i mentioned earlier that i've gone through so many really tough situations in my life that i have come out of and over the last several years i have been really um, practicing that forgiveness and appreciation for the people that were really really challenging yeah really <laughs> i know i can feel i could definitely feel that and and one of the things that i learned from uh neil donald walsh is mm -hmm. you know there's no and and you you may disagree with this but there's no true need for forgiveness when we understand because mm -hmm. you have and the story that neil donald told me is that you have uh, grandpa and his grandson at the dining room table. And the grandson, I forget, he reaches over the table to grab something and he knocks over the glass of milk. And he says to his grandpa, I'm so sorry, grandpa, I didn't mean to knock that over. And he looks at his grandson and like, there's nothing to apologize for. I understand. It was an accident. You didn't mean to do it because you're just a child and you're just learning how to navigate in this space. And with each action, you learn more. And so mm -hmm. I understand. And so when we understand. Okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I know when, when we, when we experience life, Lisa, mm -hmm. when we experience life in this fullness and this totality, you know, there's nothing truly to to understand. And I'm getting emotional because I'm thinking about my dad okay. when I say this. Yeah. Because I didn't meet my biological father till almost eight years ago. Okay. Till the passing of my mom. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things this this man, my father, said to me was, How can you be so forgiving? How can you be so nice to me after after not after missing your whole life and and I, and, I, and I told him I say experience. I mean, I have nothing to be mad for. I have nothing to be upset for. You're here now. Mm -hmm. And I told him I said when I turn thirty, and if I didn't meet my father, I was done. I'm done looking for you. But I was lying to myself because I still wanted to know who he was. Okay. And so I had to forgive myself for one, lying to myself, because I wanted to know the truth. I wanted to know him. And with the years of just practicing peace and patience and gratitude and just in that space of understanding, it took a lot. But I mean, when you live in life and you just have an experiences and, and really truly in that feeling space, mm -hmm. there's nothing honestly to forgive. It's only to understand and accept. 
Yeah. Beautiful. I think uh, those words are going to help a lot of people listening and watching. So I, yeah, already got a few comments. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the next question that I had based on um, part of that whole, like how you work with people. So the extra stuff that you do, including the soul retrieval. So I would love to understand from your perspective, what soul retrieval is and why someone would even need to do that. So this is very important in how we interact with our multidimensional reality. And even when we dream at night or astral travel, this is very important because what how I express to people is that our soul fragments, you know, which are pieces of us, you know, given freely or left somewhere, they often act like breadcrumbs. So when we travel at night, astral travel, we go places here or there, or when we meet other souls, you know, whether it's, you know, mother, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, spouse, whatever, there's pieces of us left with these people. So which is why there's always this draw to them, even though the physical relationship is over, but the energetic piece still exists. And so I express to people how this helps is that way you get your power back. Because as we often give of ourselves, we receive of other people. So in order to have the soul retrieval happen, we have to clear the energy of other people. We have to clear all the imprinted energy thoughts, beliefs, etc., from our energetic system, from mm-hmm. our aura, from our chakras, from every aspect of the energetic body. And once that is clear, we can then allow for the retrieval of the energy to come in after it has been cleansed. And it goes through a cleansing process that I uh, go through with the client to bring them back to wholeness. Because once we, you know, retrieve all the breadcrumbs, all the fragments, you know, we then have a sense of wholeness, lightness, and and become, you know, detached, so to speak, from other things we wish to no longer be attached to. Okay, so how is that similar or different than traditional cord cutting? That yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very different because cord cutting is literally you're just severing that relationship, you're severing that bond as opposed to with the soul fragments, you are actually reclaiming aspects and parts of yourself. As with cord cutting, you're not doing that. You're just like, I'm done. Yeah. As opposed to the gentle ease of the integration or the reintegration of self. Okay. That's a really good um, explanation of the difference. Because I know a lot of uh, spiritual teachers out there teach just cut those cords. <laughs> and, you no, know. Because if you cut the cords, the chances are you're also leaving part of yourself too. Yeah. Well, and um, I've experienced cutting the cord and that person reattaching that cord to me over and over. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, okay. Where do we want to go? What, what else would you like to share with us? Cause there's so many questions. I mean, I know there's like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm loving this conversation and I know I'm going to have to come back, but one, yeah. one of the things that has been on my mind is, you know, one of the hot topics for me mm-hmm. is to really help people understand the full spectrum of humanity to really understand who we are and what we do. As you know, and when I say humanity, H U E M A N, human, the full spectrum. Okay. And it's in that space where we get to truly step into the integration and connection to the incarnations of the soul, the soul lineage, as I like to call it. And so I'm understanding this on on the broader spectrum. Because, you know, we have straight people, we have gay people, black, white, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the the basic physical aspects of the human spectrum. But it goes much uh, higher than that. You know, the human spectrum is a space where we can really dissolve 
the outward appearances, even though it's fun to play dress up. <laughs> you know, it's like, how do I want to look today? You know, what, what am I going to be today? And so as we move into the space of really understanding the human and how we can embody the full spectrum of energies, the life in itself, you know, everything from the different hertzes, the frequencies, the light language, and how we begin to embody this for our own growth and expansion of the human race, the collective consciousness, if you will, because there's this, uh, you know, we call it the Akashic because we call it the hall of knowledge, but it's this plethora of knowledge that has yet to have been accessed. And so part of what I'm doing presently is, is accessing this energy, this wisdom to bring mm -hmm. forth. So that way, when the time I mean, is right, we then have the space of the human knowledge to say, okay, well, what exactly is a human? You know, it is one who embodies or embraces uh, what my shaman has called is the two-spirited being. You know, essentially, we are all two-spirited. It's just that some of us embrace it more than others. Yeah. It's also not just embracing the two-spiritedness. It's also really understanding, you know, beyond the sexual identity or or the physical appearance is also really resonating with, you know, what is the human now? Is it the five fingers or is it the four toes or is it the two heads or is it the one eye? You know, what does the new human look like? And it's on the energetic level that we allow ourselves to really resonate from the inside, you know, to, to be fully embracing the frequency of the human because this is why we have... Let me rephrase it. This is why Syrian and Lemurians had these experiments to really uh, understand what the human genome, what the DNA, what the cells do, and how can we, uh, that's a long word, how can we evolve the, the, that space? And so now we are in the space of evolution. Mm -hmm. of really stepping forth in that, even though it may not be recognized, but the evolution is so minute that there's only a small percentage of us that is feeling of this, you included, uh, that's feeling this level of expansion and how we choose to grow and allow for the new human to, to be expressed. Mm -hmm. And it is in that frequency that the love and the home and all these things, you know, will come into existence. So this is still a, a new energy and topic that I am expanding with. Okay. So um, are you teaching classes in this? Are you taught? I know you also have a show if you want to yeah. promote that and tell us, yeah, what, <laughs> how people can learn more about this. So I, it's so funny. I, I, so if anyone goes to my personal YouTube channel, and you can find that at uh, taplink.cc forward slash Hillis Pew. You guys can find it there. Under my section with interviews, I did a channel talk about this on the Something Something Convergence show. It was an hour long talk, and I go more into that because it was it was definitely more channeled mm -hmm. in that. And you guys can learn more about that there, but you guys can always tune in to Cosmic Insight every Friday night live, 6 p.m. Eastern, for a show that's full of fun and laughter and insightful conversations like this one. Well, it's my co-host Rebecca Gregory now, where we just have fun and have these very uh, insightful conversations. Okay, and then um, so people can find you like to work with you on that website link too, and I'll have that in the yeah, show. The, yeah, the taplink.cc forward slash Hillis Pew. There you can find all things about me, learn about my work, and learn to read any testimonials. I mean, what I do is just fun, you know? And <laughs> it, I mean, honestly, I mean, I love writing. I love working with clients. I mean, you guys can even find some of my poetry on my social media. I mean, what I, I mean, I love doing what I do. I mean, if I didn't, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> yep, true story. Well, for those who might, I mean, do you ever see clients in person? So where, you're in Florida. Where in Florida are you? I am. I am in Cape Coral near Fort Myers. And so there's a space I do work out of in Fort Myers, Florida. 
and that information is on the tap link as well so if people want to see me i do in-person events here i also do virtual events there's i mean honestly since the pandemic i mean there's nothing that i haven't done yet. yeah yeah well i i mean the pandemic for some people like really destroyed their world and for others it really helped and like for me I moved here to Hawaii in the middle of the pandemic because <laughs> I was able to. So, you know, it, it freed up my obligations. Yeah. My, my perceived obligations. Yeah, I like that. And, and so, you know, I mean, honestly, and, and what, I, what I have learned in this process of doing the work that I do, that there's nothing that I haven't been able to do yet mm -hmm. in this field of work. Okay. I mean, I'm just growing and expanding because I also, I also have other teachers that I work with who are teaching me more about the human body than I can ever perceive. And so it is in that space that I'm just allowing myself to be a student as well as a teacher, as well as a master, yeah. uh, because I'm all three at the same time at all times. Yes. Well, and that um, same here. I am always learning, evolving, growing, because if we're not growing, we're dying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so are there any other things that you see coming up in the energy of um earth or of your world that could you want to share about or and and if not that's that's okay too but is there anything new that's unfolding for you or anything just you know it's interesting because uh, a few weeks ago, and I've always been opposed to this term because I felt like I haven't owned it. And there have been, you know, three people in two weeks that have called me a shaman. Okay. And I'm like, no, I'm not a shaman. I don't resonate with that. And they're like, Hillis, you do this, 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 and this. How come you don't feel like you're a shaman? Because it's it's something that has to be earned. It's something that is, you know, held, and I hold it dear to my heart because of the shamans that I worked with doing plant medicine. And that's a title that's revered. It's a title that's honored. You just don't, you know, become or call yourself a shaman overnight. And I feel that I'm, you know, one step closer walking the path that I'm walking on is, is to be that. And, you know, a shaman is one who is of great service. Mm -hmm. And being that it is, uh, it, you know, it's I've always felt it's been my job. One of my purposes is to be of great service to the world. You know, how it's done, how it's seen, it's totally up to to uh, my soul, to my guides, to my team and how it's delivered. But it is how this world is evolving right now. This world right now is going through a lot of chaos. Mm -hmm. But it's always easy to create chaos. It's always easy to destroy what's been created. But when you create something from the heart, from the from the genuine heart space, it's a lot harder to tear down. And so right now on the planet, we are in the midst of creating with the pure heart, with the intentions of the pure heart that is there. So that way, you know, in the next uh, cycle of 26,000 years, uh, that it will withstand this test of time, this test of energy. So I am here to create, to build a world with the pure heart. And those who are willing to transform their, transform their lives to be a part of that, to let go of what no longer serves them and mm -hmm. be in the place of resonance of frequency that loves them just as they love it to create and to love and to expand it to have all this joy to feel nothing but joy in every day because yeah we're still in pain we're still suffering but on the other side of that is unconditional love yeah beautiful that's a beautiful way to end so thank you so much for being here and i hope everyone watching and listening really takes to heart um, what you said and reaches out to you and i just thank you thank you thank you my thank soul you. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much lisa i appreciate it and i can't wait to to be back yes
yes. Well, definitely, definitely going to have you on again. So thank you for those watching and listening, and I'll see you next time. Aloha.